Hello, ladies and gentlemen, the people on YouTube. I might have to run and open the door because I've been waiting for food now for about two hours, but it hasn't arrived. Before you ask, Yamaro, what happened to your beard? Well, I woke up this morning preparing for the analyst desk. I thought, wow, I need to trim my beard. I managed to mess up my beard because I screwed up. You know, I put the setting on two millimeters and then I started and I was like, damn, I messed up. And I tried to save it and uh, it just looked weirder and weirder. And then I just was in a position where I needed to commit. That's what happened. No need to comment on the lack of beard. It'll be back like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. We continue with Genji versus G2. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to give you a moment to, you know, close this video and then move on to the next one because you're going to get spoiled because we are going to summarize it. As always, you can catch it on Spotify, Amazon Music and other stuff. The voice of Yamaro is the name of the game with the beautiful album cover made by their friend Atan. Is that how you pronounce it? It's one of those names that you've read many times, but you've never said it out loud because it's just known through the internet. So, Atan. They just call you Atan. Anyhow, Genji vs. G2 was a very interesting series because G2 smashed. G2 smashed. The big question marks about G2 was how much can they learn in a span of a week? And it turns out, you know, with the experience that they have, one week is a lot for them, especially preparing against a team like Genji. Because Genji, of course, is something that I'm just trying to smack a fly away. Genji is, of course, a team that is predictable. Uh, with time, they begin to show uh, their patterns. And uh, this is the perfect type of team for Genji to play up against. But. G2 had question marks in Yankos' performance. I don't know if you can say it was directly Yankos' performance. It was just G2's identity revolving around junglers that require a lot of cooperation and patience from teammates. Uh, it didn't really work. Yeah? I don't want to pinpoint that on Yankos alone because it's not a question of him being able to play these champions mechanically. Like playing mechanically in Italy or whatever, it's something that you can figure out. Yankos is the level of player that can figure it out. It's just that uh, when it comes down to it, G2 is very used to having a jungler that can just back him up because they play very loose and heavy in the lane phase. Yeah? So keep this in mind as we're talking about the jungle. Next thing in line, Perks. He's been a bit back and forth in his performance in the group stage and also, of course, in the summer. And, um, you know, looking back at it, you know, my opinion of Perks wasn't the greatest because of his performance against Fnatic. But Fnatic's bot lane are just insane. So that <laughs> that's, that should just be okay, you know? Fnatic's bot lane is just insane. I think um, looking at the other pieces of G2, Mickey and, of course, Caps and uh, India and uh, Wunder, I think they performed as expected. Absolutely nuts. Very, very good. And um, they continued with in the same fashion when it came to uh, this best of five. Genji, I felt like they have had an identity crisis. They lost their precision in the group stage and I thought they would bounce back because I thought on paper the players look fantastic. Very, very good. I think Clid had an okay showing in groups. I think BDD could be better. I think Ruler finally is healthy coming into these uh, quarters. But it all came down to how much these teams can grow. The bottom line as to why I didn't choose to go with Genji uh, as a prediction, because I predicted G2, uh, I predicted G2 to win, was because of the experience in best of fives and just G2. I think now, I think in top eight, they were the most experienced team at the World Championship across all members. And that's huge. I think the amount of games they played at Worlds and considering, I believe, this is the only roster... G2 is the only roster that didn't make changes from last year. And that's a big deal. Tamon replaced Nuclear. DRX wasn't there. That was Griffin, right, last year. And then, of course, um, Top Esports wasn't there. And they also made changes. Karsa, Jakilov joined the fray. And then, of course, uh, we look at Suning, Rookies, Rookie City. 
And then we have, um, you know, JDG. Uh, they brought in Kanavi, you know, after the whole Griffin drama, you remember, they tried to lock in Kanavi in the team, and then Kanavi got to go, and so forth. There was a lot of drama with the Griffin thing. I don't want to get, get into it because I don't know the details. Honestly, I don't care. It is what it is. I'm here to watch games and watch gameplay, and that's what uh, G2 gave us today. Coming into the first game, I was very surprised by the preparation here. The Orn Permaban. That was a mystery. Because if I'm Genji, what I'm looking for is make top lane as boring as a match as possible and put yourself in a situation where you can play mid in the bottom. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. First big Lilia. I think Lilia is an iffy one because when other junglers are in the picture, like Nidalee, I think it's easy to design a composition that is good into Lilia. That is the problem. I don't think Nidalee necessarily counts Lilia because I think Lilia is slightly stronger early and the move speed is very good against a champion that requires spears to be useful. The problem is just all the champions that you pick together with Nidalee are going to be good into Lilia. You think Alistar, you think Pantheon, you think Twist Fate, Camille even, Jin with additional CC. These are things that are tricky for Lilia to deal with. So I'm not a fan of the Lilia first pick, especially in this particular scenario. The key thing is the Orn Renekton ban. The key advantage Wunder has here is the fact that he plays Shen. I think the Orn ban comes out because they feel like they don't want to pick Orn. They don't want to give away Orn. If they pick Orn, they get Shen, and then all of a sudden, a lot of the pressure that they want to create into the bottom side is going to be nullified because I do believe that Wunder is better than Rasko, and they showcased that too. Asko was one of the better performance uh, performers on Genji. I think probably he was the second best player uh, right after <laughs> Ruler. I think uh, everyone else on the team probably didn't have the greatest performance. It was uh, looking quite rough for Genji. Continuation, Lilia first pick and then Camille Nidalee. The fact that you don't take Twisted Fate here together with Volibear Lilia is a big mistake because you know it's coming. And on top of that, the enemy is going to be able to ban for five uh, mid laners that are going to be good into Twisted Fate. So that's going to... Uh, Put itself in a situation where you're going to run into a lot of problems already from the three first champions. This is the Damwon's Holy Draft. And from the get-go, the first three champions guarantee a very, very topside-centric game. But at the same time, uh, there is options to transfer that pressure into the bottom side with ease, with a twisted fate. Kalista is something that is permanent against a ruler. And this was kind of a little bit of a question mark. You know, the challenging ruler here. He's picking the Kalista. Let's see what happens next. We had the Jin, which was uh, beautiful. Perks played super, super well on Jin this series. He played three games of Jin. Jin's win ratio is absurd in quarterfinals because Huang Fang and, of course, Perks played it. I think 7-1 is the win ratio of uh, this champion. I think the one loss was uh, Reckless that picked it in game three against Top Esports. Uh, and, uh, of course, the matchups matter and we can't read into win ratios too much. Uh, still, you know, it is what it is. Exodia draft for G2, Genji uh, follow up with a Tarek and an Azir. So this is one of the issues, right? Like you, you, you are playing Lilia jungle, uh, you're playing Lilia jungle, and you have Azir in the mid lane. The two v two is not great already, and then Tarek, and there's too many reasons here to get, you know, some magic resistance, some Mercuries, and then all of a sudden a lot of the damage is going to be nullified. Playing Kalista against this team composition is not easy either. You know, you're very cleansed reliant. Twisted Fate can always card the Kalista because of the nature of her auto attack range. Sure, Genji have a decent team fight composition here because they have strong ultimates. And in this game, Genji did in fact get ahead. Uh, Kalista Tarek were doing well on the bottom side, and Volibear, there was a 2v2 on top side that ended up good for them. Volibear had no flash. I think if Volibear played it better, he could have started the game 2-0 uh, for his team. It was just the timing of his E that was a little bit off. Wunder took a horrible trade into the Volibear, and it looked kind of bad here for, for G2 in the start. But then G2 was activated. Genji didn't know how to manage their side lanes, and uh, the Twisted Fate was pinging off Clid one after another. And Genji was at a point where they had Soul Point on the table with a minor gold lead, and that was so, so important. Soul Point with a composition that is so good in team fights. And then what happened was both the Tarek and the Lilia were in a journey looking for mushrooms in the wild forest of the topside jungle when they weren't supposed to do so. They got caught. And then Azir tried to follow up to look for the fight. Lilia died, Tarek died, Azir died, and all of a sudden that meant Nasher and a gold advantage for G2, which led into the Infernal Drake being not a problem. And of course, Jesus' composition with Nasher is very tough to deal with. 
very tough to deal with. They can be everywhere at once. It's a global composition, and they can split the enemy up. This is where Genji lose. Tarek in split situations, very bad. Kalista in split situations, very bad. Azir in split situations, very bad. And the same thing for Lilia. What is the ideal situation for Lilia? She gets to kill a lot of people and sleep a lot of people. She has a lot of sustained damage that she can spread to a lot of people, but in isolated 2v2s or 3v3s, she's not going to have the same amount of value. So Genji's team composition was broken up and uh, the G2 slaughter continued. So this was a massive bounce back for G2. They got ahead. I mean, they fell behind and uh, from a Drake deficit, uh, they managed to come back off of catching the enemy team. This was a big red flag already for Genji in the series. Genji needed to recognize that the sideline game is not their game in this uh, in this special fight. They need to deny the picks that allow that or create a situation where that is the name of the game. Beautiful Jin performance. Very, very solid. Had a rough time in lane. Pantheon Jin were losing against the Tarek and the Kalista, but it just didn't matter. Twisted Fate eventually came down there, got a kill on the Kalista. Jin was in decent condition, and that was it. There was no pressure. They beat Kalista like rulers Kalista, which is a very big deal. This champion, I think, got banned like 30 times in regular season, and it got banned six games in the group stage for a good reason. Rulers Kalista is monstrous, and there's no shame falling 15-20 CS behind because, of course, Kalista doesn't scale so well due to the nature of the items that she purchases and just the nature of the champion. Anyhow, that was game number one. We continue to game number dos. So this is where things started to become more grim for Genji. Because as I mentioned before, sideling game is not their game. And I wanted Genji to play a game where it's mid into Porom. But here, you know, first three, I thought Genji was winning. Camille, Nidalee, Twisted Fate. Shen is a good adaptation into this because it's based on Twisted Fate. It's a champion that is good into Twisted Fate Camille. Shen is good here. And then the Silas into the Twisted Fate, a classic match that we've seen many times in the LCK. And of course, Caps is one of the best Silas's in the world. So this is, you know, good response for G2. But the issue for G2 is, of course, that they are very magic damage heavy. Uh, Mercury in the top side on Nidalee, Twisted Fate, Camille. And then I think all of a sudden they're going to be uh, very winning. Of course, uh, Shen can itemize Titanic Hydra and so forth to get more physical damage. But... The CC portion is is what is important. You know they're going to be very slippery as champions with the Camille with the move speed and nearly the same way. And Mercury is going to do wonders. So I think top side room to outplay, but I think Genji has just have a slightly better quality of champions due to the itemization. Kalista Senna gets banned. Uh, Jin gets fifth pick. I mean fourth picked. And the issue, the biggest issue here is just Genji needed to round off the composition with champions. It didn't allow the enemy to pick Tom. So Ash, Leona, the lock-in here, just gives Tom absurd amount of value. Like Tom is perfect into Camille, good into Twisted Fate already. It's very durable in bottom side. And you think of the options that Twisted Fate he has here in terms of what he wants to play into. He needs to go for a Tom Kench lane or a Shen lane. It's very difficult to create dive situation without a lot of due process it's going to take a lot of effort and 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 pain in order to reach that point in time and that was uh, the biggest issue ash leona while it is a strong lane tom kench is going to be very valuable here and cleanse value just goes through the roof what happened in this one yankos was very very active in the early game he was barely farming with the lilia was a very very good performance because he is willing you know yankos is one of the few junglers that would be able to take such a decision he knows when to farm and not to farm, which I think is a very, very good sign. And I think in general, this series, G2 showed a greater patience and respect for what Yankos wanted to do within the game, which is, you know, a lot of progress. That is the story of G2, a lot of progress from the group stage up until this best of five. I do believe that Genji underperformed, but I also think G2 showed a lot of good things that meant that they've improved. In a lot of cases, we see a lot of uh, sloppiness from G2, even in the games where the enemy, like if the enemy trolls, usually they are very sloppy and they mess around. But these games weren't so sloppy. I felt like G2, you know, uh, were uh, in decent control. I think game one could have been a lot better. That was a bit sloppy. But G2's progress is very evident. I think Caps really, really unleashed. 
Jing is locked in, Ash, Leona. What would I want to pick here instead? Well, I think even yourself you can consider the Tamkench. The reason I'm considering the Tamkench here is because I want to pick Ezreal. You go Ezreal, Tam, and Silas doesn't have additional good ultimates to take. Because you're picking Ash, Leona into Silas as well. That is the big tragedy here. And uh, if you watch this game, you watch some of the highlights... Uh, Silas was having a field day with his ultimates. Uh, the Leona AP scaling was beautiful. The Ashara was also snapping at the Nidalee in half. And there was a tragedy that happened in this game when Nidalee uh, bought Mikhail's against uh, the enemy team, which is an absolute joke of an item to buy. First of all, Mikhail's on Nidalee is very questionable. If it's giving you giga value, then okay, go for it. But you're getting Mikhail's for what? Lilia Sleep? You're going to make us your whole team if she's going to sleep with a couple of people. You're going to make us the Asher or the Sarah is going to steal. I don't know, Kevin. I don't like it. Just buy Mercury's and move on. You know, Mercury's is enough. And uh, if you want additional magic resistance, you just go at Thines. As in Mikael's was a tragedy. And I think uh, Clid's uh, play and BD's play in general in this uh, best of five was very, very underwhelming. But I think it's important to make that distinction that one best of five, how you play on the day, doesn't define your whole season. I, I still, you know, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, I overrated BDD and so forth. But I think if anyone takes a step back and looks at some of the games that he played throughout the season against some of the greatest mid laners that are still in this tournament, uh, you will know exactly what I mean. And uh, I think the same thing can be said for Clit. He came into the tournament and knew he's going to be a, quite inconsistent, uh, but I think he had a decent group stage. It was, you know, okay. Nothing spectacular, no, nothing too bad. Uh, they got 5-1, you know, it was okay. Uh, but in this in, in, in this particular best of five, definitely he's looked a bit lost. And I think this was the whole nature of Genji, especially after losing that first game. It just looked worse and worse, in my opinion. Anyhow, Tom Kench gives monster value. Good against Leona, good against Ash, good against Tuzifate, good against Nidalee, good against Camille. Very nice, right? And also Tuzifate options will be limited. In this game, it all comes down to what Nidalee does and if Nidalee manages to find an advantage. But the issue was that Lilia was just uh, all over the place. Um, there was um, a situation where there was a top, five, a top side fight and Silas got assists. and It just kind of spun out of control too fast because Silas just got too strong. Silas is one of those interesting champions that you know he needs to reach certain breakpoints to be either broken or if he doesn't reach those breakpoints, he's just useless. Like if Silas gets ahead, he's very oppressive and he's not going to die. As you saw in this game, he just bought Magi's. And Magi's is a very good buy on Silas. Uh, the reason is because the move speed is beautiful. And at the same time, Silas is very easy to snowball with. The nature of the champion, you have fleet footwork, W. It's going to be very tricky to kill you at any point in time. AP is going to increase how durable you are with Silas. That's the important uh, part of Silas. He buys Mercury's this game. He's going to have a good time. And that's what happened. This was a Caps montage. He absolutely smashed G2 and team fights. Uh, it looked like old school G2, honestly. Old school G2 and team fights. It was beautiful to watch the way they use Tamult and the way they juggle aggro, the way they play around Shenults. It was just flashbacks from the old G2. I don't think there's any more to any Like, you don't need to add anything else to it. Uh, Genji had a double kill on Ash early on. Uh, it was a very wonky start, but uh, eventually, you know, there was a one-for-one -one in the top side, and then eventually G2 just ran away with the game due to Caps being slightly ahead. And uh, Jankos with good, very good, uh, strong pathing decisions. I liked what I saw from Jankos, because a lot of junglers in this position will not recognize the rhythm and the flow of the game, and uh, they will just uh, look to farm. But uh, I think he uh, found a lot of opportunities uh, in how fast paced the game was so i appreciated that but i think just still the biggest blunder was just tom kens this was the most volleyball time kens you will ever see very very nice then of course still uh, one two three these champions should be able to do more damage but uh with the slip ups with silas with the fate using flash and so forth and getting punished for it, it was just uh too big to handle last game i think this was um the best draft we saw from uh uh, from Genji. So they uh, went on to the red side. And they went on to the red side. They banned Orn, Lilia, Lucian after uh, an 
and Italy gets banned. Grave source pick, I think, is uh, very obvious here. Uh, I think here uh, the, the set ban was a perma ban against uh, life and, of course, BDD because it synergizes well with AP junglers and it's a first ban, so you don't know where it goes. I like the Nidalee ban on three because, in this case, both Renekton and Camilla open, so you're going to find good synergy with it. Uh, I think uh, it's completely fine to do. Uh, Graves first pick, getting the Kindred in. Here I was surprised that the Silas came in. Silas is good against Twisted Fate, but it's less good against Kindred. The, the, the Kindred ult is not too exciting for Silas. Like, it's alright. It's not, not a premium ult. It's okay. And then they go for the Jin. So, we know now. <laughs> uh, Perks loves Jin. Fantastic. Just Silas against Twisted Fate, it worked. There's no reason to change it up. I guess that's the idea. I thought here, you know, maybe a Damwon would look to pick a Syndra here instead with the Jin. So they have Syndra into the Kindred, fine matchup into Twisted Fate. It functions very similarly. They can play 2v2 mid and be winning. Kindred hates to play against Syndra. She just can't really do anything. She needs to ult right away if the ult lands and the stun range just makes Kindred, you know, very useless. Uh, Ezra gets picked. Could have even picked Ezra themselves, but they went for the Jin. Jin's completely fine too. Ezreal gets third picked, Ruler just picking his classic champion after Kalissa's band. Ruler's a fantastic Ezreal, he showcased that this game. Uh, and then um, uh, the Tom Kench fourth pick. I was very surprised by this. Very surprised, I didn't understand it. Uh, it just seemed to me as if Ezreal and, uh, you know, looking Ezreal Tom, like this is a fine combo, but it means that uh, your biggest strength is going to be very docile. Like there is. So you just shot a tranquilizer dart into your bot side because winning with Tom Ezreal is a tough feat. You know, you can't uh, grow any significant advantages. It's not like Tom Kench is going to have some turbo value in this game. So there's a fly uh, hovering around in this room and it's incredibly frustrating. Tom Kench gets blind picked, which I was very surprised with, as I mentioned. I thought they would just pick Renekton here, uh, but maybe they were afraid of uh, the potential cannon pick. But I think if enemy if enemy is just fate, maybe it's tough. Anyhow, Tom gets locked in. Uh, Rakan is decent into Tom. I understand that Tom can eat people that are getting comboed, but Rakan can CC more than one, and uh, that's where Tom loses value. So Tom, I mean Rakan is a very good scaling pick, one of the few supports that can actually interact well with Ezreal. And then the Renekton 5. So if you think about other champions that they can pick here, uh, they could go Volibear, they could maybe go for the Cannon if they wanted to, but maybe they respected the Jace pick. Um, Renekton uh, as a pick together with Silas into Kindred. I felt like Kindred, Ezreal, Twisted got a lot of value here. I thought draft-wise that Genji was winning. If we look at the interaction between Ezreal, Kindred, Twisted against a Silas, Graves, and Renekton, I feel like Genji should be winning. It's going to be tough to kill the Kindred, tough to uh, approach the Ezreal. Like Ezreal shouldn't uh, realistically be able to die here. The ults aren't super exciting here for Cyrus either. He has that isolated ultimate against Twisted Fate. He has an Ezreal ultimate. Volleyball ult could be fine sometimes, but all in all, it isn't like super exciting. It isn't Ash and Leona the same way we saw uh, the previous game trying to remember exactly what happened in this game, but it was very, very brawl-heavy, and uh, G2 actually managed to gain a significant lead. I think uh, this game was decided, because G2 had a lead, they managed to win skirmishes, they had a lead on top side, there was a situation on bottom side where uh, a gank happened, and then finally Tom Kench died off of a Jin flash, he had a BF sword advantage with the boost of swiftness, and then Ezreal Tom didn't have prior, and then Silas with Graves had prior on the 2v2 mid. G2 were just controlling uh, the game uh, very, very well. There were some comeback moments that happened due to Volibear honestly just uh, running down Perks. I remember there was a specific fight where Perks made a mistake and uh, Genji uh, uh, capitalized on it, which was pretty good. This was a very back and forth game. But I felt like the game really got decided on uh, the Soul Drake. Uh, there was a crazy situation where Kindred couldn't go for the smite. Uh, I don't know how to describe this with words, but all in all, it ended with Graves just smiting it, and then uh, the Soul Drake was Infernal, which makes it very difficult to come back in the game. 
Ezreal had a good performance. I think draft-wise they were better, but I think G2 just macro-wise and uh, being able to you know, refocus, refocus within the game and uh, finding the right targets and team fights with champions that maybe it's a bit difficult to do so. Uh, I think that was uh, the most impressive. Once again, Caps' status performance was absolutely nuts. Some of the things he did with uh, mediocre ults was still amazing to watch. I think Genji lost their senses today. I don't think that they played uh, up to their own potential, which was uh, disappointing. Um, I think draft-wise, they're also all over the place. And it begins, for me, the speculation is just, um, you know, Coach Edgar. You know, Genji lost Coach Edgar this, this year. And Coach Edgar, for those who don't know, he was together with Samsung all the way to, with Genji up until this year. He was with them since 2013, uh, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was late 2013. And this is many, many years. And he helped uh, Samsung get two world championships. And um, in best of fives this year, Genji didn't look super impressive. There was the best of five against DRX that stands out. Uh, maybe they played the best of five at MSC that I don't remember. Maybe. I've forgotten it. I don't know if they qualified to playoffs there. Uh, maybe they did. Did Genji get stomped by top esports? I think that might be the case. I'm just going to double check, guys, okay? Genji versus top esports. Uh, hmm. Yeah, they did. Genji versus top esports. And this was... Yeah, easy. They easy for top esports. Top esports was very strong already then. They ramped up after losing uh, the, the spring finals. They ramped up big time. They got angry. Anyhow, Genji's track record was 1-3 in best of fives. And the one they won was versus a T1 that was scrambling. Uh, T1 was in trouble. Right? They didn't know how to draft. and it, T1 was all over the place. They had their own issues. So that, put, that, that was the, the biggest dif difference maker for me, making uh, the, the prediction uh, that G2 will win. Looking at this factor and how Genji performed in best of fives, and in contrast, look at how G2 performed in best of fives, where everything's on the line. Where everything's on the line, they've smurfed. They've smurfed. They beat Mad after losing to them. They beat Origin. Then they beat Fnatic 3-0. Same thing, lose against Fnatic in best of five, and then whoosh, destruction. They waited for Mad, and uh, not Mad, sorry, for Rogue, which went to five games. That was impressive from Rogue, which built a lot of hype for me when it came to Rogue. And then another 3 0 for, for G2. When push comes to shove, G2 have always delivered. Even though Perks and Yankos didn't have the craziest performance in group stage, I think at this point, putting your money on players like Perks and Yankos to show up when, when it matters is a very easy decision. These players have been at the top of the region as long as I remember. This is Yankos' fourth semi-final out of five world championships. I don't think uh, anyone else has that. The three last ones, looking at uh, Yankos, G2, G2, G2. Same thing with Perks, right? Semi-finals three times in a row. Which is absolutely nuts. And then, of course, uh, 2009 in the finals. Yankos and Perks underperforming is not something that should worry you. And now, what comes next, of course, is the semi-finals. And uh, my first inkling, you know, I'm not going to say that this is my prediction. This is my first inkling. I'm going to give you guys a little tease because we have a lot of time to think about this. There's no rush, right? There's no rush at all. Um, Sooning versus Top Esports, which is naturally have to lean towards Top Esports. But I've been saying it the entire time. Sooning is a dark fucking horse, man. They have players that are... that have so high potential in Din, Fang Fang, uh, these guys are getting better and better by the day. Every time they play, they look even better. Uh, they smack down an underperforming JDG, and that's important to note. Uh, you know, it's a great achievement. It's a great achievement. But it's important to note that form on the day and read on the meta is super important. 
I think looking at all the court, the semi-finalists that we have, I think they have a very, very good read on the matter, all of them. I think this is a very, very stacked semi-final. Of course, here I'm leaning top esports. We saw one best of five against them, even though that won't be the same indication of this one. Uh, I do believe that top esports have shown enough form and grit in best of fives that they are ready uh, to take on Sunni uh, and not falter the same way JTG did. I think coming out of wars like Top Esports did and coming out at the end of that uh, builds a lot of confidence for you to be able to deal with anything. I was watching uh, the mic check, which was very wonderful to listen to, uh, not listen to because I don't understand, but to read the subtitles, I guess. And uh, Top Esports is a very mentally strong team. I mean, they've been through fucking hell and back uh, this year alone uh, as a team. And they've shown a lot of growth. A lot of fucking growth, which is uh, impressive. Same thing for Sooning. Sooning, a lot of growth too. Story of growth for both of these guys. Sooning, they ramped up in summer and then they uh, won a couple of best of fives in a beautiful fashion. They got hyped up. Group stage looked like monsters. And against JZD, looked like monsters too. There is room for upset here. I don't think it's completely one sided, but I think Top Esports is definitely favored. And that is going to be, you know, the side I'm leaning towards. The question is always, you know, Casa had some city games. I don't think he is the type of a jungle that really, like, presses the advantage the same way SOFM does. I think Casa is good at stabilizing. I think Casa is very similar to Yankos. Yes, Yankos and Casa are very classic players in terms of how they jungle. Very, very similar jungle approach. Why I think SOFM... Like Canyon is like in between SOFM and Yankos and Carsa. And uh, I think SOFM is full on, you know, just Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's just making moves on you, taking your golems when you're not looking, taking waves, making sure that, you know, everything he does is all about saving time. This man is like playing, it's like speedrunning. You know, have you guys seen like these Dark Souls speedruns and they're like rolling past every monster and they have like some sick tricks to kill bosses and they're like just, this is SOFM's jungle pathing. Jungle pathing, the decisions he makes on the map is just a Dark Souls speedrun. Yeah? Or a cup, cup boy or whatever the game is called. Some people are going to hate me for this. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the game. Cup boy is a cup boy. I need to Google it. It's driving me crazy. Cup game. Cup game. Cup game. No. The results are ridiculous. Look at the results, man. This is just regards to cups. Cup game on PC. On Switch. It looks like a Switch game, no? Cup game. Cuphead. Cuphead. Okay. Okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> that is that is terrible. G2 and Damwon, first inclination is Damwon is favored. But it just comes down to how much can G2 grow within the span of a week again. Semifinals is going to be played uh, on next week. Today is Sunday as we're recording this. Uh, how much can G2 grow? Because I think if they played as they played against Genji, you know, it's hard to judge because Genji kind of you know, fell over uh, and, uh, you know, made it a bit easier than it should have been for G2. But Jito still showed a lot of improvement. But I think still there's a long way to go. We saw a lot of Jin progress. I think G2's bot lane is very similar to Dawan's bot lane in the way they approach the game. You know, smart players that can move around the map and know how what they need to impact. And it will just come down to the top side. I think. Um, the last time we saw the this matchup between Showmaker and Caps, Showmaker was Showmaker was like Chovy. Very, very good laner, but very bad synergy with the rest of his team. Because the approach of Damwon last year was just straight up, you know, isolate the solo lanes, pick Klepto, get ahead even with Klepto, and then just make both lanes survive and hope that the nuclear can pick Kaiser. So that was their plan. And that's not a solid plan at all. Uh, this time of year, uh, Damwon is very, very versatile. There's a lot of shared champion pool here between Damwon and G2. 
If you think about the Pantheon, you think you think about the Camille, you think about the Renekton, you think about the Middle East, you think about, you know, the Twisted Fates. The key thing is, the big advantage that Damon has is that they've been playing this for the entire summer. G2 picked this up rather late. That is a massive advantage for Damon. This meta is something that was very common in uh, the LCK for a very long time while LEC wasn't playing this. And I think this is what is going to make it tricky. There's going to be a fucked up fun semi-finals. That's all I know. I'm thinking about the players pound for pound. Uh, Caps versus Showmaker. Nuguri versus Wunder. Jankos versus Canyon. You know, I think the biggest disparity and, um, you know, still on paper from what we've seen so far is how Damwon used their jungler, how Canyon plays together with this team in contrast to how G2 used their jungler and Yankos uh, plays with this team. Because Clid honestly played uh, not so good today. He didn't have a good day at all. And uh, Yankos looked good but it's not big of enough of a sample size for me to be like, yeah, he is going to match Canyon. But we mentioned the experience of these players. Coming into this best of five, you know, we're heading into space where G2 has been before. And um, this is not space where Daman has been before. They've gotten out of quarterfinals and all of their players are treading on new territory. And this is important because in the past, Damwon was considered a scrim team. And a big part of their burst in terms of performance, you know, was during summer when the crowd was removed from the equation and then playing, you know, the finals from home and playing without the crowd and so forth. You know, maybe, just maybe, this is pure speculation. Don't run away with it. It's just pure speculation. Just to add, you know, some extra thoughts into the mix is that, you know, maybe... Uh, Damon, you know, they are pressure. They have some pressure, extra pressure here that uh, can become a potential variable. But we are heading into a, a maybe territory and we don't want to uh, go too far in it. I think Damon, as I mentioned, biggest edge that they've been playing this meta for a very long time. But um, so for now, I'm leaning Damon, but I think uh, both, both semi finals, I think can go both ways i don't think it's like really easy to predict this so i reserve the right to take some time to think about this more but in this moment i'm feeling the damon top esports finals we have some time we have a week until it starts hopefully i'm going to be on the analyst desk we'll see uh, how it goes um yeah and i think that's a good point uh, to end the video we might have some meta discussion maybe and some other content uh, in between we're going to continue with uh, Clash now, with the gang. Uh, we'll see if Medic is going to play or if uh, Drake is going to play. I'm not sure who. But Clash should be starting soon and I should probably check if my food has arrived and I should talk with Lieferando support. Uh, sorry, if, uh, this, this video was a bit shorter than usual, but I think it's good to make a little bit of a shorter video on Sunday. Uh, I wanted to thank all of you for the support. The AMA video is going to be out uh, tomorrow, actually. So... Not tomorrow, but I'm going to, uh, what's it called? Aryamato Cannon, as you can see here, the little uh, box here. Uh, you can ask your questions. Oh, this is looking uh, quite horrible. This is not uh, good production value. Anyhow, you can ask your questions here if you want to be a part of it. Uh, jump into it uh, as you can, uh, and uh, I'll answer some of your questions. Exciting. Yay. Aryamato Cannon subreddit. As I mentioned before, you can find it on Spotify, blah, 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 blah. Let's uh, play some Clash. If you sneeze during this video, bless you and bless your face. Um, I'm sure... I'm trying to uh, think if there's any questions that I missed. Let's see if Cha has any questions. Any questions, my friends? Questions. Caitlyn got nerfed. Caitlyn got nerfed and um, 
she she is a bit of a liability. The fact that she doesn't bring that much utility uh, to the table, um, it's rough. Please explain why LCK has slower playstyle in general compared to LPL. Well, LEC has a slower playstyle compared to the LPL. I think LCK to say that they have a slower playstyle is unfair. I think Genji is the most LCK team uh, that we have at the tournament. And, um, you know, all in all, I think Genji embodies that more than the other two teams. DRX is rather fast and very, very early game centric. I think Daman is also very, very fast. And I think uh, this notion that LCK is slow is kind of outdated. I don't think we, we should separate the teams from the region because Daman is not, shouldn't be in the same conversation as, as Genji and DRX. Daman is completely different. G2 is completely different. Uh, it's it's like um, the, the region has very little relevance, in my opinion, at this stage in the tournament. What pocket picks could G2 pull out against Damwon? Well, uh, the Gragas into Pantheon. I think that's exciting. Uh, our team's realizing just how good Jin is. Why do we not see Jin pop off onto every game in the quarterfinals? I think uh, now as Orn is permabanned, I think we're seeing more Jin. <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem for Jin. I think Jin uh, also, we have some great Jin players. I think Jin's skill definitely varies. And there is significant skill uh, expression on some of the AD carries that are currently meta. Will it take a Western Worlds victory for Western players to be held up to the same regard as Eastern players? Uh, the thing is, teams win World Championships, not individual players. In my top list, I put Caps, I believe, I don't know, maybe third? I don't, I don't recall. I put him top five, at least. I put Wunder as my second best top laner after Zoom. And I put Wunder and, um, of course, um, uh, Caps in my top 20, right? But looking at, for example, Hlisang, like Reckless, I think maybe high 20th or 21st, something like that. Hlisang and Mickey didn't have great performances this summer. That's the thing. Uh, they didn't have a great performance. Same thing for Yankos. I think the question for all of the jungles coming into the tournament was that they were so behind on the meta that is currently played at the World Championship. That was the biggest worry. No Nidalee play at all. Very little Lilia play. Lilia looked disastrous. Ash play looked very weak. Uh, Perks did it decent. The Reckless did it decent. But generally, LEC looked like a region that was behind. The key thing about Korean, like Korean and LPL players individually, is there are players that are mechanically so insane to really push your individual level too. I think if you had a Western team, five players playing the LPL, imagine G2 was playing the LPL. How fucking good would they be? Just practicing with LPL teams, preparing against LPL teams. This would have been insane, right? And that's something that we need to consider. The individual players that, for example, the players in North America get to play against doesn't provide, doesn't raise the ceiling as well. And uh, that's something important to, to highlight. If you look at Fnatic, I think they have players individually that can match up. You know, you have self-made. Self-made, you have uh, Hillisang, Reckless. I think these three for sure, you, you they have the caliber to be on teams that could potentially win a world championship. There's much more to it than that. We've had, uh, you know, for example, Doinby. Individually, he's not that great. But his mid-2v2 and mid-3v3 was by far the best. By far the best. And these are qualities that I think a lot of mid laners have begun to respect more. If you look at the development of Showmaker and Caps as well, in terms of how they play and interact with the rest of the map, has been enormous. And this is something that uh, it is a skill that uh, should be appreciated more. Is AP carry in bot lane still a thing? The issue with AP carry bot lane is the fact that magic resistance just becomes too valuable. A lot of the supports actually do magic damage. Right? They do magic damage. So magic resistance, mercuries becomes too valuable. 
Mercury's is unbelievably broken. I love buying Mercury's. I love hate playing against Mercury's. Why is Mercury OP? Is because there's magic resistance and tenacity on the same item. The problem is, Mercury finds value against AD champions, right? It finds value against AD champions because tenacity is useful. Even Pantheon, but think about Pantheon support, right? Pantheon support, okay, but Mercury finds value there too, right? Sure, Pantheon is a champion that has physical damage. Set is a champion that has physical damage. These are the champions like Pike, Set, Senna, and any AD supports are something that you would synergize together with AP champions. But now think of the AP champion pool. Victor has been nerfed. And maybe you could play Velkos. Velkos could be, could be an option. But what, where do you find more AD? Do you find there's AD mid laners? Where are they? You know, there's not many of them. There's Lucian, he gets permabanned, so he doesn't count. They're set, not a lot of players, not a lot of teams play it. And then you have a wonky composition in the first place. You have set mid, Syndra. Like, how, how are you going to find any DPS? Right? There's too many issues. Too many issues that you need to solve. You anchor yourself in the draft. It kind of hurts. Tristana. Tristana is a beautiful one. Like, I've been talking about Tristana for a long time on this channel, right? I think Tristana, uh, like, after Jizuki told me, I went and tried it. Stormraiser, uh, Static Shiv is a very good one. I love Tristana. I think Jay Smith is kind of, you know, it's okay if you play against Galio, but I think Jay Smith is kind of, ah, you know, Tristana mid gets my thumbs up. Thumbs up. Boom. But also, there's like a lot of long-range AD carries being played on bottom. I think like against Kalista, maybe you can play it. But Syndra got nerfed to the ground, and Syndra was OP. Caps is nerfed, like not Caps, Cassiopeia is nerfed. You know, there's there's plenty of champions that uh, that were good in bot that got nerfed. If anything, maybe a Heimerdinger, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe you could play Heimerdinger Pantheon, maybe that's good bot. I don't know. Just fucking Burks channeling his inner Yarnan. LSS Draven mid. Actually, Attila played Draven mid. We played Talia bot. We played Talia Pantheon bot with Giants. I uh, not Giants. I mean with Vitality. And uh, we did play Draven mid. Uh, like Draven mid, matchup wise, is monster, but uh, it's very prone to ganks. Like we 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 put we blind pick Talia, baited the Galio pick, and then we put Draven mid and then Talia bot. I didn't coach Giants. I coached Vitality. I didn't coach Giants. Okay, final questions, guys, before we wrap it up. Rengar Swain bot lanes. Okay, we're getting, we're going into the wrong area. Ezreal mid is too weak. Doesn't do anything, really. Varro, same thing. Varro's got nerfed to the ground. Why do you think Fnatic lost three games in a row? Because Topis was, was the better team. Um, they ran out of fume, which is normal. You know, it, it's like... Exhaustion is a real thing, and also depth and draft is a real thing. You know, there was no more Orion on the table. They recognized that they can't blind pick Orn, and um, Tobis was recognized how they were losing those games. They had a pushing bot with Ezreal Karma, and they put a lot of effort in to make sure that they didn't die. They gave up their full bot tower at some point, and that's uh, that's cool. Why isn't Rengar played? He scales really well and is AD because he can't play mid. That's the problem. Mid, mid. We need mid. Corky's magic damage, guys. Who can they scrim now if finals are close? Well, that's the danger for G2. If they manage to get to the final, who the fuck do they scrim? Topis was going to have a lot of buddies aligned, uh, aligned in, 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 in the region to scrim them, but I don't know what's going to happen with G2. Maybe maybe Daman is going to be like, we we fell on our sword and we lost against you. We will grant you our blessing and scrim with you and uh, help you win the finals. I don't know. That would be sick. That would be like an anime story, you know. But uh, of course, they have uh, a beast to 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 beat uh, in the first place. G two one year plan works perfectly. Now Nokia, they are warmed up already. We have to see how it ends. If they if they lose to Daman, has the one year plan worked out? You know, it's so tricky. How how like I I don't blame them at all because how could you prepare this one year plan? How could you possibly prepare a one-year plan? It's like, you make a one-year plan and then, yeah, uh, you know what? One-year plan, COVID. 
No, man. You're getting banned, man. Don't spam in my chat, man. That's the only reason you will ever get banned in my chat. You can write whatever you want, almost, unless it's not, like, racist or uh, inflammatory. But just don't spam your message over and over again. It's just very disappointing and rude to everyone else. Fiora, the reason she's not picked so often, uh, the issue with this champion is that she's not so strong early. Like, she can win some matchups and so forth, but the conditions that you need to achieve in order to win with Fiora are too tough. It's easier to do that with Camille because she has some synergies and sometimes you're forced into team fights because of the state of the game. And um, Fiora, the matchups where people say, wow, this is a counter, pick Fiora into Camille. You know, it's not that big of a counter. It's skill matchups. What happened to Yasuo? The man got nerfed to the, to the ground. Okay, when people begin to ask me what do you think about Trinity Top, I think it's a good place to call it a, a day on this video. We're going to continue with Clash. Let me check my food. Thank you so much for watching you people on YouTube. Clash is going to start very short, in a very short time. All the best to all of you. Bless you and bless your face for the second time in this video. I'm very excited uh, to... Uh, I, I, I got this box, okay? I got this box of Yugi cards and my concierge decided to write 601 on it. I don't know why. And uh, it really bothers me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really true. And, uh, boom. Look at this booster pack. Legendary Duelist, Rage of Raw. First edition, one rare card in every pack. 36 packs per box, five cards per pack. Ooh. That is many cards, my friends. We're going to open this one night, one day. I'm very excited because there's some crazy good cards in here. Very low chance. Maybe we can get the 10,000 dragon. 10,000 dragon is really, really expensive. And maybe we could get the ghost rare. Rah! Yay! Ghost Rare God card. Okay. Bless you and bless your face. You should try Magic the Gathering instead. Much more complex and fun, in my, in my opinion. The thing is, I'm collecting the cards of Yu-Gi-Oh! If I would play a card game, I would play Magic the Gathering. I would play uh, Magic the Gathering, you know. Don't worry. MTG Arena, I would play it. I think it's the best card game out there. Don't worry.